largely because reading the mystical classics, even before I became a Jesuit, enhanced my own Christian life. An analogy. As a young man or as a youth who loved chess, I learned much from studying the games of the great chess masters. In like manner, the Christian mystics call us in a special way to listen to the whispers of the triune God in every human heart. They are the loudspeakers of what is deepest in the human spirit. The Christian mystics are what Christianity is all about, in concentrated form. These geniuses of the mystical life, of the interior life, make explicit that the human person is an infinite question to which only God is the answer. Human person is an immense longing that only the triune God of love can quench, an endless desire that finds dissatisfied satisfaction only in God's incomprehensible mystery, a nothing in the face of the no thing, and an abyss whose bottom is the abyss into which even the soul of Christ vanishes. Now one reads in the book of Exodus, Thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. The Christian mystics, those amplifiers of the Christian mystical life, were in some ways as intimate with God as Moses was with God. An analogy. In Marilyn Robinson's excellent novel, Gilead, while preaching... An aging minister, I'm an aging minister, not quite, sees a woman in his congregation whom he had been instructing in the faith. He says to himself, I am sick with love. This line, of course, comes from the famous Song of Songs found in the Hebrew Scriptures. The third century theological genius, Origen, became the first to use the Song of Songs to describe the intimate love relationship between God and the human soul. Many Christian mystics, from his day on, used the connubial bliss imagery of the Song of Songs to describe their intercourse with the Trinity and Christ. Mechthild of Magdeburg, a 13th century German mystic, in one of the most explicitly erotic texts in the entire tradition, wrote, quote, The Lord commanded her to open herself in utter nakedness so that when God flows, she shall become wet. God told her, When you love, we too become one being. Complying, Mechthil became a naked soul and experienced the quiescence of the mutual surrender of God and her soul. The 13th century Italian Franciscan, Jacopone da Todi, he confessed, Christ, you have pierced my heart and now you speak of orderly love. How can I experience love of that sort once united with you? Some of my students thought him mad. They know neither the Umbrian temperament nor the mystics. Catherine of Genoa, 
a late 15th century Italian mystic confessed, if one drop of what my heart is feeling fell into hell, hell itself would become all eternal life. Gemma Galgani, a 13th century Italian mystic, wrote, when I place myself to meditate, my soul immediately feels itself absorbed in the immense love of God, now lost at one point, now at another. However, the mystical life cannot be reduced to the ravishing and the ecstatic. For example, the 14th century anonymous author of the Cloud of Unknowing, one of my favorite mystical texts and a future lecture, describes a much quieter form of the mystical life. He wrote of a tiny flame of love arising at the soul.